Hello, I'm Stephen Morrow. And I'm Christopher Philippi. And this is The The Podcast Podcast with Benefits. On today's episode, we talk about polyamory with Corey. What is polyamory? Ethical non-monogamy. Being in a relationship with yourself. Stephen is an ethical slut. Chris and I have a unique connection that is entirely sexual. (laughs) Hypersexual. Gay, but not really. No, it is. That's gay. here we stopped at a liquor store oh at the liquor store there were there was a selection of lighters and on these lighters there were the simpsons okay naked all of them having sex with each other incestuous simpsons in in simpsons I, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with something. Yeah. It was the same. It was Bart and Lisa. Oh. Yeah. And then there was... Please tell me Maggie's left out. There, I didn't see Maggie. Okay. Like, I, I I said out loud, I was like, what the fuck? And the guy behind the counter was like, can I help you with something? I was like, nope, sorry. I was just... Did you explain? I was just, I, I was just looking at the lighters. And I, I, I you know... Motioned to the lighters, and I just kept walking because I, I wanted to remove the image from my brain immediately. And now I get to share it with all of you. So you're so all welcome. Why did you not point these lighters out when I was in the store with I you? I didn't. I wanted to get myself away from them as fast as possible. Really. <laughs> you kind of like a little nudge, a little like. You were busy paying for your booze. Weird bullshit. Anything. You were paying for your alcohol. Well, I'm just saying in the future. I got you. No problem. I like weird stuff. I wonder. I wonder if they're actually licensed or if they're bootleg. I'm sure they're bootleg. Because yeah, I'm sure the Simpsons signed off on their incestuous lighter porn. Yeah, Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. And like, that's (laughs) the amount of unlicensed things that are out there. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me. I don't know. I just think that's wow. They are not going to get a penny. From the, the incest Hopefully porn. no one gets a penny from that shit. <laughs> I'm sure they've gotten at least a quarter. I'm sure Not they've gotten plenty of money from it. But So, audience, if you haven't guessed already, we've got a guest with us. Hello, I am the guest. Hello, Hello the guest. <laughs> My name's Corey. Corey. Welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, your pronouns are they, them. I do prefer they them pronouns. I'm still okay with she because you know that's what I've gone by. I'm not not super comfortable like correcting people quite yet, but yes, they them please. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. I I do want to be in a better habit of of uh, discussing pronouns uh, with with every guest that's that's come aboard. So, um, but thank you. You you've come all the way. Up from Lexington just to be on the show. All the way from that big little city <laughs> down south. Thank you so much for making the trip. Oh, absolutely. I'm 
excited. Maybe it's more to be here. Good, good. I am. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, you were saying in the car right over, you know, you've listened, you were a long-time listener of the show, and thank you for that. Of course. Uh, And you said you had a few uh, tidbits or a few things to speak on from earlier episodes. Oh. If I may dive right into those. Uh, here we, we're going. Let me yeah. put on my scuba gear. Yeah, absolutely. So what uh, what, what do you got? Well, I guess um, we're jumping right in. Yeah. I, I've peed on someone before. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yes. I'm so left out. It's it's a good yeah. club. All of the coolest people are in this club, Chris. So. I'm just Same. not for lack. I, I would definitely do it. Mm-hmm. I have no qualms about peeing on anybody. I'll pee on whatever you got. Uh, <laughs> but I just haven't had the offer. I, I love the idea of you like desperately wanting to be part of this <laughs> club and just you don't have an opportunity. Yeah. Audience, <laughs> if you would like to get peed on, please write in. I'll do it for free. <laughs> yeah. I can think of at least one person who would pee into it. Sure. Whatever you got, man. But it it was by request. Okay. Like it's not. I'm not no really into it. Pissing on people. <laughs> not not as of yet. If you piss me off, maybe I'll piss on oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah. But okay. no, it was it was requested of me. Mm-hmm. So it, I work, I work in the medical field. So I'm able to get my hands. I was able to get my hands on like. Pee pads, for lack of a better term. Oh, okay, okay. Like, all right. In, in Steve and I were pads. very concerned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about the confusion. No, yeah. I was able to get myself a hold of some like incontinence pads. For the audience and for my benefit, uh, could you explain what that is? Oh, incontinence is the well, inability to hold your urine. Yes, but the pads specifically. But the pad is just like a puppy pee pad, only a little bit bigger, human size, okay. so that if you have a bed-bound patient and they go to the bathroom on themselves. It doesn't get all over the sheets. It stays centralized on on the pad. Fantastic. So I had brought some of those home. He had made this request. So I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to make sure it's done so that I'm comfortable too. Yeah. So we protected the bed. We, you know, took all of the... So it was in the bed. It was in the bed. That's... Wow. That's new. Yeah. I've... So... It is hard to be on command, so I wanted to make sure I was ready. I, I had some uh, some beer beforehand mm-hmm. so that, you know, that makes you have to pee. I'll make sure I have to pee. So he was interesting that he wanted me to pee on his face. So, mm-hmm. you know, after a few beers, you got a lot of pee in there. Sure. So oh, God. I get in position, <laughs> squatting over this guy's head. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm thinking, you know, okay, it's now or never. You've been asked to pee on somebody's face. <laughs> Let's go. Time to piss. So it took a second, and then I just, here it comes. You've got the beer peas. Let's yeah. let it all out right now. I almost drowned the poor dude. Oh, my God. Now, okay. Can you he imagine had... the news report? Man found drowned in bedroom. <laughs> he, had to, he had to tap out. There was so much pee. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm but sure I, he loved it too. Now we yeah. So just for the audience's <laughs> sake, uh, you, you you stood up for us and you squatted. Uh, but I I need a position on his body. Was, were you looking at his chest, like his stomach and genitals, or was or was his head like, body behind no, you? I was looking at the wall. Like I was using <laughs> sure, the wall sure, for sure. support yeah, to yeah. like squat over this poor gotcha. guy's so face. So his head is. There and his, the rest of his body is behind you. 
he he sometimes was in the breath play so like a little bit of suffocation on his end was okay. totally good okay. so like peeing on him to the point of maybe he couldn't breathe mm-hmm. was was great okay so i said i'm sure that he loved it and you like made a noise <laughs> uh, that made me think that maybe he didn't like it so what what was the reception well, we had discussed it afterwards, and it's one of those things that is a better fantasy than a reality. Um, like the Sometimes. idea of being suffocated by someone and like drinking their pee and whatever was a much better idea in his head than actually going through and actually doing it. Okay. So I don't. He much like castration. I was that. I was going <laughs> right for that. That's, that's exactly where I was thinking. Like that has to be the same with cutting off your own genitals. He, he did not want to do it again. Okay. That was definitely a one-time deal for me. One and done. Um, but I, I've peed on someone. <laughs> yeah. Good on you. I need to make like, uh, like a badge <laughs> or like a, some kind of certificate. I would like All a you're ribbon. doing is just... Or like a bumper sticker out of that says, I have pissed on someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's only because I haven't done it. Yeah. You're just yeah. lording it over me. Honestly, though, I, I think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to make, like, a button or something. Yeah. I'd like one, please. Wear it to work on accident. Make it yellow. It's just a yellow shirt that says, I peed on somebody. <laughs> no context. Yeah. Just say like volunteer across the back. <laughs> volunteer. Or, or paid volunteer. Yeah. And then no, I oh, where did you volunteer? And you turn around. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Oh, Okay. Oh, a lot of, never a lot of charity there. work. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so you yeah. peed on somebody. I have. Uh, any other episodes uh, that you wish to give feedback on or elaborate? Um. Yeah, I was uh, pondering about what would happen if all of societal norms were eliminated. That was Ariel's question. There, it was a great question. Audience, fantastic job. Keep it up. Um. I'm clapping, not, not, not masturbating. Clapping, <laughs> not fapping. Um, but no, in my head, my not my ideal, but if, if society is not there to tell you how you should and should not behave, everybody's going to be gay-leaning, and everybody's going to just basically be living their best fucking life because there's nothing there telling you how to live or how not to live or what you should be doing. It's you deciding for yourself what you want to do and how you want to live. So. Yeah, yeah. there'd be a lot more bisexuality, I feel. Yeah, I, I like that you said, you said gay leaning. Yeah, me and, me and Chris had this conversation in the car, so I already knew. <laughs> To correct myself. No, there's no correction. It's just, I mean... Or to be aware. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of... I feel like I subscribe to the idea that everyone is a little bit queer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, everybody is already leaning. Sexuality is a massive spectrum. Like, people that say, I'm straight. And, like, are scared of the possibility of, like, being gay or having gay friends and just so close-minded about it. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, sex is something to be celebrated. Sex is something to have fun with, whether it be with a man or a female or anything in between. Like, it's not something to be afraid of. And that's what I feel like some 
parts of society are just like afraid of sex. But it's not scary. It's okay to talk about it. Yeah. And that's really what it what it comes down to is it's fear because it's unknown. It's people don't talk about it. And so there's a lack of knowledge and so that breeds fear. Yeah, well we're here to talk about Which it. Is why we're fucking here. <laughs> we're here to <laughs> obliterate fear. Day in and day out. Fuck fear. Well fuck it right in its butthole. <laughs> right in its afraid butthole. Fear what? if you're it's listening to the anus. <laughs> <laughs> Run away, fear, run away. That's another bad name. Yeah. Quivering anus. At least get consent from fear first before you fuck its anus. Obviously. Excuse me, fear. Uh, <laughs> can, can I please? Just hold still for just a minute. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. I'm afraid I like it. Um, okay, okay. Wonderful. Yeah, those are the two uh, previous hits. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think I want to start getting feedback from from other guests about previous episodes. Put them on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Have you listened to the show? No. Why not? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, I've also had some of my one of my good friends was on the show. Bex XX. Bex Triple X. Triple X Bex. Shout out to Bex. What up? Bex. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, we had also mentioned in the, the show that we had listeners uh, writing in and we were answering questions. One of them was kind of a statement or request for more polyamorous content. Um, and you and I had discussed, uh, Corey, you and I had discussed you being on the show well before this had happened. But that question really lit a fire under my ass to get you back on track to get you here. Uh, because you have some experience in uh, with polyamory. I do. Um, anywhere you care to start with that topic? Oh, it's it's so broad <laughs> yeah. for me because I was I was in a long term relationship in my well I could age myself here but in the early two thousands to late two thousands I was I was in a relationship I was engaged for a time. Um, and towards the end of the relationship, and that, that relationship was monogamous. It was monogamous, very okay. much so. Um, but towards the end of the relationship, it just started to fall apart. And part of me, in you know, trying to not place blame so much, but to find my responsibility with the whole situation, I, I had come to realize that I was in fact polyamorous. I had developed very strong feelings for another person that I was not in a relationship with and and it started not to make sense in my head why I couldn't just love everyone and everybody be happy about it um I very much loved who I was engaged to and I somehow very much loved this other person that I was not engaged to so I felt this huge sense of guilt about you know if I truly love this person then I wouldn't have these other feelings for this other person and it was just this whole inner turmoil and I didn't have the words yet to express what I needed. To. I couldn't communicate what I needed, how I felt. And so it was, it just, everything fell apart. If you can't communicate, which is number one rule in polyamory, you have to communicate. And if you can't do that, there's, there's nothing there to even start with. So, so the relationship completely just imploded 
because I couldn't communicate what I wanted and needed and when just bailed. <laughs> now, how long after the relationship imploded did you find the, the words and or did you discover the knowledge to begin to have that conversation first with yourself and with others? Um, probably about a year afterwards, I'd given myself some time to just be by myself and, you know, process my feelings and to get through all of the hard things that come with ending a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd say about a year, year and a half or so afterwards, I went to the online dating scene and started chatting it up with this person and that person and one of those people happened to be polyamorous and we really really hit it off so i went on my first date with this polyamorous person and their first one of their first questions while we were in the car going to our destination was like have you heard of polyamory and i was like well no and just very black and white very simple like if, if you believe that you can have a loving relationship with more than one person, you're polyamorous. Oh, that's it? That's all it is? Oh, I'm polyamorous. Yeah. And then it just took off from there. Now I, now I finally had a label to, or I didn't even need a label, but I had a way to talk about. Words to define. Words yeah. to define mm -hmm. what I was feeling and going through. There's a stigma with the word label, uh, but it's, it's still a, uh, an important word it is a way to define something humans really like to label things <laughs> sure sure it's our, our our thirst for knowledge um so yeah uh, the, having the knowledge though is, is important so that you can effectively communicate because before as you were saying when you were in this monogamous relationship there were these feelings of guilt and and you couldn't express or you know you, you couldn't connect the dots the dots were there Oh, they yeah. were always there, but the words polyamory and just that, that person explaining that to you uh, helped draw that line. Yeah, it wasn't, when the relationship that I was in was ending, it wasn't a conversation to be had at that time. There was, I, I had no idea what I was feeling, I had no idea how to put it into words, yeah. I had no idea, like, even a basis to start from mm -hmm. to try to explain it, so I just... Everything just completely fell apart. That's kind of how I felt when I learned the word agnostic. Yeah. Uh, because, like, I, not to turn this into a religious conversation, I guess, but, like, when I was younger, I would always, like, kind of question the existence of God and all these things, and it always felt so, like, edgy, and it... At the time, it felt very binary, where it's like, okay, you either believe in God or you don't believe in God. And I'm like, well, what if it's kind of like, maybe, question mark? <laughs> like, there could be a chance, maybe? I don't know. Uh, and it was actually, I think it was, it was a movie, not Shaun of the Dead. I think it was Hot Fuzz. Um, Great movie. One of the characters movie. just defines agnosticism. And I was like... Oh my god, this changes everything. So like, no just pun intended with oh my god. But... Oh, oh, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but like, just just having the vocabulary to be able to de describe what you're feeling can be so empowering. It's so liberating to finally be able to have the words to describe it. You're right. Exactly right. The things that 
we have been taught to not discuss in public, sex, religion, and politics are all becoming more and more discussed openly, and so we're defining all these new terms and learning the full range of the spectrum and still discovering the spectrum of all these things. I mean, libertarianism is, is making a, a big uh, comeuppance, I don't know, it's getting, not comeuppance, that's the wrong <laughs> word, making a, a, a big presence is becoming more mainstream, and it's just an offshoot of, of being a Republican. Anyway, I digress. The more knowledge you have, the better you can effectively communicate your own needs and know more about yourself and be comfortable with yourself. Because if you didn't know about being agnostic, you'd be in this forever limbo of being uncomfortable and not being able to really express what your thoughts and feelings are. It's it's important to communicate and express those thoughts and feelings. To somebody, anybody. Yeah. To your fucking self, if you need to. And, like, I feel like having the vocabulary allows for the conversation, and then the conversation with other people allows for a better understanding of the nuance and the, I guess the, that's one of my favorite words, the nuance. nuance. Yeah. Um, and, I guess, the breadth of, bre- breadth. Yeah. That is such a weird word. <laughs> Gotta uh, get that DTH going. Breadth. God, <laughs> there it sounds is. awful. Uh, <laughs> that's, like... That's like any word that has like SPS. Oh, hang on. Wasps, crisps. Yeah. Lisps. It's like you say those words and then all of a sudden 30 cats just show up. These are like. <laughs> Masks. That's yeah. been a big one lately. Yeah. At least that one is kind of like. It's like a sprinkler or a. Someone out there is having a fucking fit. (laughs) (laughs) Shut the fuck up and move on! (laughs) Cat's passing out, stop! Uh, What was I saying? Uh, Oh yeah, uh, being able... (laughs) Uh, I'm just gonna avoid that word. Uh, It it allows people to to, to be more aware of the expanse of the spectrum of any given topic. Um, But... uh, Speaking of vocabularies and knowledge and things like that, um, you actually brought some references, some reading material. I have resource material with me. And that actually, once I started to learn about polyamory, a large part of it is doing background research. And I have two books with me. One is called More Than Two by Franklin... I'm so sorry about your French last name, (laughs) though. And Eve Rickert. Um, and the other one is Opening so, Up by Tristan Tormino. It's a long middle name. I'm so sorry about your French last name. Oh, hello, Mr. I'm so sorry about your French last name. Please don't have me. But, I mean, once once you learn or think that you are polyamorous, then it, I believe it's your job to learn what that means. And part of that is by reading these books, by... Finding people that are like-minded <laughs> and polyamorous. I'm so sorry for you authors. And actually, in the, I think in the description for this episode, I'll put like links to buy those. Yeah, online. yeah, there'll there'll so. be links to these. You'll be able to see them. These are two of the best resources. Another one, and I don't know the author, is called The Ethical Slut. Um, and it's I of like course fun because it's got the slut in the name. But <laughs> Well, I, I actually get really turned on by the word ethical. Oh, ethical. Well, <laughs> Raging <yes>. ethical boner. <laughs> oh, yeah. All my boners are... Actually, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> not, oh, true. Yeah. not even a little bit. 
but yeah, once once you learn something about yourself, I or once I learn something about myself, you know, I want to research it. I want to figure it out. I have ADHD, so a little bit of that is a hyper focus. Like, oh, you're polyamorous. Well, let's research the hell out of this for two or three months and see where we are after that. Sure. Um, but yeah, it it really opened up my eyes uh, to what what else is out there just not monogamy monogamy is not the only way to have a relationship and after reading these books you realize that it's completely okay to have a, a, a plural relationship um polyam saying you're polyamorous or saying that you are you know participating in polyamory sometimes is a misnomer um it's actually under the umbrella of ethical non-monogamy um and so that encompasses like swinging and polyamory and just non-monogamy, polyfidelity. Um, so yeah, just learning about all it's of a lot these, of words. Yeah, <laughs> learning about all of these different ways to have relationships is really helpful for you trying to define yourself and your own relationships. I define myself as solo, solo polyamorous, which means you know I. Mostly, for the most part, I'm in a relationship with myself right now, but, you know, I definitely have the option, I could, I know he doesn't swing that way, but like I could be in a relationship with Steven and Chris at the same time, and for me, as long as everybody knows what's going on, and everybody's aware of everything happening in the situation, everything's cool, as long as it's okay with everyone. Right. Where it becomes unethical is like cheating like if i were to develop some kind of feelings for steven and not tell chris then that's where it becomes unethical and like that's where it always crosses happens. the boundary of cheating so always in the polyamory steve world for <laughs> as long Every as time. you're open about everything and at communicating openly and honestly it's all good yeah and Absolutely. that's what I like it and yeah. it, it it puts a little bit of it's up to you the individual to be aware of what you need and what your needs are and how to get them met and then to communicate that with other people. So it's it's a lot of work to be polyamorous. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really is. Absolutely. The thought of it is like, oh yeah, we're just going to have crazy wild threesomes every night and it's going to be amazing. But that's no, gotta, not polyamory. Yeah, you got to put in the work. That's... Some, some of it, it could be swinging, it could be non-monogamy. I mean, it depends on... If you have a primary partner, how that thing, there's so many things that go into it. <laughs> Lots of nuance. Lots of nuance. It's 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 unique for each person, and each relationship, and each whole relationship. I mean, like because they're with any with, with three relationships, with three people in one plural relationship. There's you know me and Stephen. There's me and Corey. There's Corey and Stephen, and then there's the three of us. So Absolutely. it's all that at play, and all the communication has to be above board. And so in everyone's ideal scenario of polyamory, this, you know, four-way you know, four relationship that me, Stephen, and Chris hypothetically have, you know, everybody's on the same page, everybody's moving at the same pace, everybody's developing feelings for everyone at the same time, but that's not the reality of polyamory. Like, I may have a stronger connection with Chris than I do with Steven, or 
a different type of relationship with Chris than I do with Steven, and that's okay. Like, yeah. it is okay to be more romantic with one person than another. It's okay to have sex with one person and not another. It's okay to go out and have dates with one person and stay... There's so many ways to polyamory. The type (laughs) of relationship that I had with Steven and the, the gratification that I get from our relationship is very unique to you and I. I don't get that elsewhere. And so... I, that's why I truly cherish our friendship. It's not a generic friendship. It is a unique one, a relationship that we we have. And uh, so, yeah, it's, that's, you know, it's part of that. I mean, like, it's it's a satisfaction that I, I derive from Stephen that, Corey, I'm sorry, you just can't provide. I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. And, and as long as we communicate that, we're great. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a hypersexual <laughs> Very much connection. So. Very much so. A lot um, of visual come. It's, it's all visual. Come. All visual, all come. That was pre-recording. It's, it's an inside joke that you're, you're left out on audience. But uh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned the, the, the different kinds of relationships because that's kind of what led me to want to pursue ethical non-monogamy. Yeah. Uh, I have to get used to saying that now. Uh, I like how rhythmic that is. Ethical non-monogamy. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like it's a song that writes itself. Um, yeah, I like we've lost Stephen for the rest of the night. He's stuck. I, I love words like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, um, kind of coming to the realization that uh, I, I I mentioned this on some previous episodes as well. This idea of like meeting wants and needs in like multiple places and not requiring them to come from one source mm-hmm. once i had the revelation that relationships are like that and not just not just romantic relationships but friendships and work relationships and things like that um once i came to the realization that that's the way that that worked as well it was just so eye-opening and i'm like okay that means that no single relationship has to be quote-unquote perfect it doesn't have to meet all of these like extremely high standards i i no can still have can be perfect i'm sorry to chime in but well no you're yeah, right yeah i uh, just can't but that's the thing that's why it was such a relief mm-hmm. because i was always under the impression because of these like sort of societal standards uh, i was always under the impression that um love would be this like fairy tale and that you know, once you hit a certain point, life is absolutely perfect. And end all, be all. And that's the position that I was in. Like, I thought if I was going to marry this person and be in love with them forever and ever, you know, that's, they have to meet every need that I have sexually, emotionally, spiritually, physically. They have to meet all of these things. But that's so stressful. Like, I can't yeah. imagine trying to be someone's everything because you just cannot. And, like, being in a position where you're with somebody and you're like, you're like, oh, why don't I have butterflies all the time? Or uh, why aren't I always sexually satisfied by this person? And then being in the position where you're like, oh, well, does this mean that I should break up with this person? Does this mean that they're not, quote-unquote, the one? I fucking hate that phrase. Exactly. Um, And and it, it just causes a lot of anxiety from that perspective as well where it's like oh i don't know if i should stay with this person because they're not 
like I, I don't feel fireworks every single moment of every single day. Mm-hmm. But then removing that requirement and being like, oh, okay, I may not feel fireworks with this person, but they've got the fuse and this other person has the colors and this other person has the t- shaft. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, no. Is that, what do you call that? The rocket itself. The the rocket. The, the rocket. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but there's <laughs> oh man so now, I, I, just think, I do wish to say though that um I'm sorry I thought, yeah, you're, fine, you're fine can you imagine being the rocket being just the shaft like anyways in, in, in regards to fireworks or penises uh yes okay excellent <laughs> I can't imagine for the firework, I'm sorry, I can't envision what it's like to be a firework, but to be a penis with no head would be awful. Well, but Chris, guess what? A chicken butt. Baby, you're a firework. I don't know the rest of that song lyric, but I do love Katy Perry. So, I do have to say, though, uh, it's not to say that a monogamous relationship cannot be fulfilling or or is not... It's not incorrect, or you know, it's oh, it's it's absolutely great for many many people, and has worked for for centuries. But it's also not the end all be all. You yes. know, that's that's important to express to many of our listeners. Of course, yeah. Um, and I I was nodding that whole time. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, uh, yeah, I I agree. That, that doesn't mean that, that monogamous relationships can't work. However, I would bet... I can't bet money because I don't have any of that. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would bet whatever I have. I would bet my shaft. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That even in monogamous relationships, that individual or either individual would, if they're being honest have to say that they are not getting absolutely all of their needs met from that other individual. It's all how you frame it, because unless there are two people trapped on a desert island and there's no way of communication, obviously they're getting other things from other people. It's They might not view it as a non-monogamous relationship, but if you have friends outside of your marriage or your relationship, you obviously have a non-monogamous, like, there's, because you're getting fulfillment in that friendship, that's that's why I spoke about our friendship, Stephen. Is that yeah. uh, you know I, I I get satisfaction and enjoyment from you that I don't get elsewhere, uh, and I have several friends that fulfill a certain need uh, that I just don't get from anybody else. That you know, it's, it's not that's not necessarily why they're my friend, but that's a big part of it. So, absolutely, everybody to some degree, if you have interaction with more than one person. Uh, oh. and before times of COVID, we had interaction. Oh, right, right, yeah. Person. Oh, man. <laughs> Miss those days. They'll be back again. Oh, they will come return. on, vaccines. Right. Yay, so, science. Right. Yay, science, indeed. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's absolutely, you know, people, like, I recently started taking boxing lessons, and I have a satisfaction from boxing, my boxing lessons, and my, therefore, you know, by extension, my coach, uh, that I don't get anywhere else. Like I have a, a great sense of, of confidence and satisfaction uh, about myself and my, my self confidence. Uh, 
but I hadn't gotten elsewhere, and that's why, why people, I guess, go to gyms or do sports. You know, I, I it was all forward to me before this. I was like, oh, why would the fuck would you do that? That's awful. Fucking but, weird. That's fucking lame. Why are you running? <laughs> but now I get it. Like it's like okay, you know, go do you. You know, have that relationship with yourself. Uh, you know, that's that's something I definitely. Yeah, I like how you worded that. Yeah, it's, yeah. i and that's I think something that I know I lack on is I don't have I don't. I don't give myself enough time with myself. Like, I usually am distracting myself with my phone or some other, you know, whether it's a video game or my phone or something. That's not spending time with myself. Yeah, it's not. That's not personal time. That's just you're turning your brain off and you're distracting yourself. But to actually have a relationship with yourself, whether that's Mm -hmm. meditation or a journal or yoga or whatever, just going out to eat by yourself and having quiet time with your own thoughts... And working through all that, your own thoughts and feelings. It's yeah. important. And I should schedule more time for myself with You that. should. Everyone yeah. should. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've lived by myself for about a year and a half almost now. And I enjoy going to movies by myself. I like to go out to eat. I'll take random walks downtown because I live in a larger town in Kentucky. But, you know, I'll, I'll walk around town by myself. I, I really... Not all the time, like I do like to do things with other people, but I, I like to be by myself. I like to be, I like to do things with myself. I like to put my headphones on and kind of tune everything out with the music, but still be able to like feel like I'm a part of things and be with people and be with things, but like in my own little universe. It yeah. makes me feel comfortable. It's good. So I think everyone should have a relationship with their self. I think it's important. Like I'm, important. I'm hyper self-aware, so I'm constantly like evaluating my actions, my thoughts, what I've done in the past, how I want to act in the future, how those things match up, how they don't match up, what I can do to better myself, just constantly. It's constant self-evaluation and self-change and wanting to be a better person all of the time. And I think that's a very human experience. Yeah. I mean, nobody ever speaks about it, you know, but I think we're always, that's that... That is a more positive way to view that voice in the back of your head that's always criticizing yourself. Yeah. If you embrace that voice and kind of just spend some time with it, yeah. it's not a voice of, of that's always yelling at you that you're doing something wrong. It's just that monologue that you're always having with yourself. And that actually is a lot of polyamory. Um, if, for instance, your partner is going on their first date away from you, there's a whole lot of jealousy and emotions and feelings, good, bad, otherwise, that come along with that. And, like, are you ready to really feel those feelings? Yeah. Like, you're going to be at home while your partner is out with someone. And there's so many unknowns to that situation that it just... Even me, you know, I had practiced polyamory, but the first... Every time my partner went on a date, it just wrecked me. Like, I would have to plan ahead. I'm like, okay, you have a date on this day. Well, I have to, like, you know, prepare my own self-care night for when you're leaving. Whether that be I have to occupy myself with other people or it's time to watch my favorite movie or I need to take a bath or, you know, however I need to take care of myself that night, it's up to me to figure out because they're going to be with their new partner or, you know, their date 
having a great time. And right. that's that's fine. That's what polyamory is about. But there's a lot of stuff that comes along with that fantasy of polyamory that people aren't prepared for. Absolutely. So it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of hard work. That's actually that's an issue that I've run into a little bit uh, recently because I've only I've only really just started like talking to other people um, and and openly with uh, polyamory like as the label I guess for mm-hmm. that um, and uh, I I recently uh, I recently hooked <laughs> don't worry about me I'm sorry I'm I, <laughs> I recently hooked up with somebody uh, for the first time while Andreas was significantly far away mm-hmm. like not here at all in another country and I uh, when I was talking to Andreas about this, and I was saying, hey, I'm thinking about meeting up with this person, and, you know, we're going to touch each other, and <laughs> and then that's that. And I, I was asking him if he was comfortable with that and, and all that. Uh, there was this thought in the back of my mind where I was like, but what if he does the same thing? Mm-hmm. Like, what if he mm-hmm. is getting touched by somebody else in Mexico? And for a, a, a moment in time, I was like, I don't want that. I don't want him <laughs> yeah. to be touched by somebody else. It's fine if I do, but not mm-hmm. him. And so it, it's that that sort of like double standard uh, of jealousy, I guess. Absolutely. That's that's like a that's a hurdle, yeah. and it's kind of a thing where I'm sure it'll be a little bit easier as I get into this and as like I yeah. exercise that uh, muscle, I guess, a little yeah. bit more. But uh, but yeah, that. That feeling of jealousy, it's still there. That's not to say that I don't. Uh, oh, and it'll that always I don't care. be there. <laughs> it will always be there. It will always be there. And like you, it's an ex- you're exercising a muscle. And just because you might jump the first few hurdles successfully, doesn't mean that you won't fucking barrel through and get fucked up by another hurdle down the line. Oh yeah. And it's about picking yourself up and having that conversation with yourself and your partner, and then attempting to keep jumping those new hurdles that pop up. The conversation. The conversation could be you're absolutely it's possible that you're absolutely going to fail jumping a hurdle. Like you might might not even clear a little bit. You might just (laughs) land right into it. Yeah, it it felt, it (laughs) really did. Every time my partner went on a date I felt like I was getting hit by a truck. And it was just ideally it gets easier but in my reality it never did. (laughs) Like it was hard every time. And yet you still would go to bed every time. I mean, like yeah, because at the end of the at the end of the date, he would come home to me. We would be able to decompress. I would. We were completely open with each other. So as soon as he got home, you know, I want to hear all about it. What mm-hmm. happened? Um, and there's a term in polyamory called compersion, which is getting pleasure out of your partner's pleasure. So him being out on a date, having a good time with someone else, ideally, also brings me pleasure that's really hard to get that's a hard place to get to but that's the polyamory ideal like my partner is having a great time with whomever they're having a great time with and i am infinitely happy for them and that brings me joy so that's always what i'm striving towards there's always you know that's yeah that's the polyamory ideal it's unique to hear that 
you like you still were repeatedly being hit by this this figurative truck every time your partner would go out, but you still completely condone poly yeah. the non monogamous ethical non monogamy. I do. Because I want that freedom. Yeah. I want to be able to explore a spark that I feel with someone. I want to be able to, you know, spend extra time with somebody that, before COVID times, that I would <laughs> meet at a bar and have some kind of, you know, electricity with. Yeah. I, I want the freedom to be able to explore that. So who am I to deny that to my partner? Yeah. Now, currently being solo poly, it's a lot easier for me because I don't have that what's called a primary partner. I don't have the, the one person anymore that I come home to at the end of the night. And that's I, the relationship, yeah. I come home to myself. So, you know, if I were in a relationship, if I wanted to go somewhere for a night, that would be fine. If somebody wanted to come over here for a night, that's fine. And when they're not with me, that's fine too. Like, I enjoy them when they're with me. When they're not, I still have positive good feelings about them. I believe that they have positive good feelings about me, but they have a life to live. I have a life to live. Yeah. So go do your thing. We'll be back together in what, four days? Cool, I'll see you then, but have fun. <laughs> it was very, uh, very sassy four days. That you get. Four days, all right. <laughs> you can't translate that to the, the non-viewing audience. I, I gesticulate a lot. I use yeah. my hands. I there was a sass. There was a there was a wrist flick. Yeah. Yes. There was snaps around the world <laughs> for four days later. Sorry, I'll go go fuck see yourself for four days. <laughs> I'll be here and maybe see you then, if you're lucky. But I'm gonna circle back to Stephen. What he said um, about you know touching someone. Could it? Oh. <laughs> do you think touching someone without Andreas around and him touching someone without you around? Do you think possibly that you are just non-monogamous instead of polyamorous? The definition or the distinction being with non-monogamy, you are free to have sex with other people, but once the feelings start getting involved, that's where that boundary is. Whether or uh, whereas in polyamory, you start the conversation and the relationship knowing that you might want to have a loving relationship with that person. So I I can't speak for Andreas on sure. this front, but for myself I I definitely feel like I am polyamorous. Okay. Um I have so many feelings for so many people simultaneously. <laughs> um everyone I've ever loved in the past, everyone I might love in the future, all at the same time. Okay. Uh, and uh, that that's actually that's a big reason why like this whole revelation that has slowly happened over the course of my entire life really mm -hmm. uh, it's it's been again just really eye opening realizing that that's how I felt um, and like for me I, I would talk to people after like I broke up with somebody or um like, even years after breaking up with, like, an ex. And, um, like, if a friend of mine, they were, like, freshly broken up with somebody, they might say something like, oh, well, I hate this person. Uh, like, mm -hmm. it's immediately just cut the arm off, it's done. And I was like, well, how could you, how could you say that? If you've ever, if you loved this person, like, that's not a switch you can turn off or on. 
Um, like, if love was there, it doesn't just suddenly dissipate and go away. Yeah. Uh, but that was me speaking from my perspective of how I felt about what love is. And, like, having those conversations and then realizing, oh, this is, this is an experience that, it, it's not necessarily unique to me, but mm-hmm. it's, it's um, you know, not shared by everybody. That was kind of like, wow, okay. For me, it's, it's almost like, it, it is like a light switch that you, once yeah. it's on, you can't turn it off. Or it's a sound that is always reverberating. And, and you can always kind of feel the vibrations, even if you're distanced from it. And realizing that, and um, like I feel the same way about friends too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also like the same thing with, like for me, and I don't know if there's a word for this uh, in polyamory or uh, anything like that, but uh, for me, I also don't necessarily require like a constant. So like it's perfectly fine if somebody is a big meaningful part of my life for mm-hmm. a moment and then they go away for like a long time and then they come back <laughs> and then like for me, I can just immediately pick up right where I left off. That's like, called low no... maintenance. You're low maintenance. <laughs> uh, There's a word for that. It is called low maintenance. <laughs> like, I feel the same way uh, about romantic relationships as well as with uh, like my friends, too. Yeah. Like There are extremely close friends that I have that I haven't heard from in years. <laughs> but it's like fine. And then we can still... Like, when we do hear from each other again, it's just immediately, oh, okay. And that's one of the fun things about polyamory is that that can happen on a romantic level. Like, you can have a really in-depth, really deep connection with somebody for, you know, a week, and then they have to move back, or you were on vacation, and they go back to wherever, and things kind of get put on hold, you know, you stay in contact. But as soon as you're back together, it's like all of those love feelings are right back, and, like, you don't have to feel bad about what you've done and oh I haven't loved you fully because I've done this that and the other no who cares they know you've done that it's just you love this person be with this person right now and that's that's part of the yeah exactly and and relationships evolve in polyamory like nothing the relationships don't ever necessarily end they just evolve like okay you're not sexual anymore that's cool but I still appreciate this that and the other thing about you we don't have to cut contact we can still maintain communication and friendship and whatever parts of our relationship that we enjoyed about each other can still remain. To circle back briefly to something you had mentioned about people speaking about how they loved somebody and then hated them. Yes. Um, I've I've never felt that way. Like, I've I've never had that. I'm very much in the same vein of, you know, I love somebody and I love them forever. That's it. Like they're they're locked in that special place. I put them in that that bubble. Like unless they murdered somebody that I loved right in front of me, I would. It's like then I, they're in a separate bubble, but it's still <laughs> it's still there. Like it's a yeah. red bubble. Right. Right. <laughs> but um, but I but to that that point of the people do exist that that love somebody, but what is hatred? If not the you know like the other side of the coin of love, it's that's still that strong, passionate, uh, oftentimes nonsensical, non you know non uh, logical feeling 
that is just, it's a fire underneath you. Mm -hmm. And so people can't continue to, when they're unable to continue to love somebody, that coin flips for them. And then they hate that person or that thing. And it's, you, you can unflip that coin. Like I, I've, I've been there. Like and I, I've had one of my best friends in the entire world. Uh, I love her to death. Her name's actually Corey. <laughs> not, uh, not this one. Not, not that one. <laughs> um, like, here she is, a guest on our show. <laughs> there, there was a brief moment in, in my life where I hated Corey. I love Corey to death. I, I, I always hang out. Not me. Not yet. Not, <laughs> yeah, not this Corey. Um, but uh, there was a, a small period of my life, and I, I wish I hadn't, but I flipped that coin because I was off doing some bullshit, and they were calling me on it, and I wasn't having it. I wasn't listening. Um, but but then once I woke up from my own bullshit, they were there. They still were, and I still love you know, They still loved me, and I of course loved them. But for that oh. brief moment, I had that those same strong feelings for this person, but it was just anger enraged so so very much you know, while it's a foreign concept hate and love are very very similar you know they're very much the same thing it's just two sides of the same coin so um so yeah i think this honestly has been a fantastic fucking journey uh, and i thank you so much for for joining us and being here with us for this Oh, it's been a um, pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to talk about this with people that are interested to hear about it yeah, finally. I have a strong and sneaking suspicion that we're going to get a lot of, of questions, uh, so be ready to, to answer some yeah, fan, fan bring mail or hate mail. I'll, I'll reread my resource material and right. I'll be ready for you. And we will post links to that uh, in uh, the, the, the show notes. The show notes, so check out there. Uh, I think I'm going to buy these books yeah absolutely <laughs> I recommend I, uh, it they're really good there's lots of different material out there but these are these come highly recommended so I mean throw throw a google search out there look up polyamorous relationships and different types just do your own research and before you decide you want to be polyamorous and get into this lifestyle do a little bit of research because it's a lot more than just threesomes every night or dip your toes in and fuck up some people's lives yeah you know <laughs> That's my method. <laughs> Please don't fuck up people's lives. <laughs> That's not okay. Stop polyamory. In the name of polyamory and ethical non-monogamy, go out there and fuck up some people's lives. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Podcast with Benefits. If you enjoyed this show... Please rate, follow, and or subscribe to the Podcast with Benefits wherever podcasts are distributed. Please reach out to us by writing an email to bemorethanfriends at gmail.com, commenting on mtfproductions.com, or finding us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash bemorethanfriends. One day, we hope to do this for a living, to help make that dream come true, Please donate what you can to our show at mtfproductions.com. Your donations help us purchase better equipment, fund more merchandise, and hold events. Please share this show with a friend that you love. Thank you.